I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You're the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robinson. Did you know that there are some bad people in the Bible? I don't, I don't just mean Judas. I'm talking there's all sorts of criminals committing all sorts of crimes. And, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because I, you know, I grew up not, I was not allowed to see rated R movies. I mean, my parents were trying to protect me as a kid. I get that. But if you make a lot of the Bible stories into movies, they'd be rated R because there's some, there's some wild stuff going on. Well, what does God do with that? How does he respond uh, to our crimes? We're, we're going to talk about that today. I'm kind of excited because I love this kind of topic and this kind of angle on the scripture. To me, it just makes it real and alive. And so I'm um, glad to have Dr. Bruce Becker back on the program. He works uh, a lot with Time of Grace up in uh, Wisconsin uh, with Mike Novotny. And I've really grown to appreciate uh, so much of what that ministry does. If you're not familiar with him, you can check him out at timeofgrace.org. But Dr. Becker does a Bible Threads podcast that you, you can go to their website and hear that, sign up, get the new ones that drop, uh, and you will be blessed by that. And you will see the, some of the interesting angles that he takes. Uh, I always find that fun. But he's got a new book. Uh, it is called, yeah, there it is, True Crimes of the Bible, Scandal, Murder, Adultery, Forgiveness, Faith, and hope. So glad you guys are here. Uh, be a part of the conversation. If you want to chime in and you're watching live, you're welcome to do that. Dr. Becker, great to have you back on Life Today Live. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for the invite. So I, I guess the first question, before we get into some of these true crimes, what, where did this whole kind of angle on Scripture come from? Because this is a little unorthodox. Well, it started uh, in the home of my son and his family out in Washington State. We went out to visit, and while we were there, we would uh, binge on a, a TV show. And there was one that we decided to watch after the kids went to bed. It was called Only Murders in the Building. Steve <laughs> Martin yes. and Martin Short and Selena Gomez. And so my son said, you know, you could do something like that for a <laughs> podcast series. And so you know, only murders in the Bible was my working title. But then I come back uh, to work and I run this idea by some of our, our team and also our board members. And uh, it evolved into true crimes because one of our board members is just really into the true crimes, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. niche. And uh, so it came up with a true crimes Bible edition for a podcast series and then it turned into true crimes of the Bible in book form. I'm guessing that uh, your book is, is not quite as funny as the, uh, the Steve Martin, Martin Short show. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a little more serious, <laughs> a little more uh, real. Yeah. Yeah. No. And you know, it, the thing about it is, is, is like, this is very real. I mean, you can go all the way back to the beginning and, and you know, Adam and Eve, yeah, they, they committed a sin, but right on the heels of that, their sons are murdering each other, and that's where you start. Uh, but take take any of these crimes in, in your book uh, and, and kind of walk us through so we can kind of see where you're going with it. Well, maybe I should start with uh, 
you know, a takeaway that I, when I was getting into this and looking at the various crimes, it came very crystal clear that God didn't respond to crimes in the same way every time. Hmm. There were some differences. And I'll explain that as I, I talk a little bit about uh, Cain and Moses. So Cain uh, is upset. He's filled with rage and anger that God did not accept his sacrifice, but did accept his brother Abel's sacrifice. So, and then, then that anger turned into, you know, resentment against God and resentment against his brother. So he goes out and murders him. Um, it's not until the New Testament that we find out a little bit more about what's in his heart and what is his attitude that Cain is described in the New Testament as being from the evil one. And so Cain did not have a faith relationship with uh, the Almighty God. Hmm. And so God doesn't try to lead him back. God punishes him. And yet even in the punishment, there's mercy being, uh, being shown that God shows to, to Cain and allows him to, to, to live and develop an ancestral line. Um, so for Cain, it was God reacted with punishment. You get to somebody like Moses. Uh, Moses is about 40 years old. Somewhere along the line, God informed him that someday you're going to lead my people out of, out of Israel, out of Egypt, I should say, to the promised land. Mm -hmm. And so uh, one day uh, Moses sees uh, an Egyptian slave master beaten on an Israelite. And he goes over and he kills him, buries him in the in the sand. And you know Moses uh, likely thought, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead these people." Mm -hmm. But the problem was Moses' timetable was four decades too soon. Uh, so Moses has to flee because Pharaoh wants him dead, and he goes over to Midian, where for the next forty years uh, he's hanging out. He gets married and he's hanging out with Jethro, his father-in-law until God finally calls him back. And that's the burning bush uh, scenario in the Bible. And he calls him back to Egypt and says, now you can lead my people out of, uh, out of Egypt. And so God dealt differently with Moses and his crime of murder. Uh, he dealt with him with mercy and patience and said, you know, I, I've got some work for you to do. Okay, so you just raised like half a dozen questions in my mind. Uh, well, let me just ask you, why do you think that is? Why does he deal differently with the same sin? It has to do with uh, the person uh, like Cain, not uh, regarding, worshiping, reverencing, uh, you know, the Old Testament God, Yahweh. Uh, he didn't have that relationship with him, and so... He was envious. He was angry. He he, he murdered. Uh, there was no relationship with with God, uh, and that's the difference. Moses still had that. Moses uh, had that relationship with God. But wouldn't wouldn't that almost be unjust in a sense, or is that strictly just a human perspective? If we look at uh, the holiness of God. And the holiness of God is the one characteristic that is talked about most often in the Bible. Uh, over 600 times in the Old Testament, there's references to the holiness of God. And the holiness of God cannot toler sin, tolerate sin, can't tolerate wickedness, can't tolerate unbelief. Um, 
can't uh, tolerate anything that's on, on the bad side because he's holy. And yet God is also love. Bible tells us that God is love. Uh, and so God uh, acts also in love uh, in certain circumstances, whereas in other circumstances, he carries out what uh, is called the wrath of God. It's that response uh, of evil uh, to a holy God. When you say cannot tolerate, uh, the word tolerance and the modern usage, uh, I think carries some connotation to it. I mean, is it just that God chooses to hate sin, or is it more like, uh, you know, light and darkness just like they cannot coexist at the same time because, you know, they, 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 don't, they just don't go together? Yeah, that's a good that's a good analogy for the holiness of God and His demand for perfection for right for righteousness. Uh, God can't tolerate or be in the same presence as darkness as wickedness. So I think the light darkness that's that's a good analogy to that. Yeah, and which then begs the question: um, Well, how does He put up with our sin? How does He put up with Moses after he committed murder uh, and is it just the relationship? I mean, is that is that really all there is to it, or is there something more going on, like God's calling on His life? Well, one one thing that comes to mind is God always takes the long view of things. He already knew that His Son was going to come to this world and endure the wrath of of God for the sins of the of the world. But then God also chose. Um, Moses to lead those people out. And that goes all the way back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and his covenant promise that uh, you're going to be my people. I've got this special relationship uh, uh, with you. And so the relationship that Moses had with God was part of it too. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, I also think that it's tough for us sometimes as humans to look at the different things uh, because our idea of justice and God's idea of justice are not always the same. Um, how do we, do you get into this at all? Because this is kind of a deep question. You can handle this. <laughs> how, how, do we, how do we reconcile crime and punishment and, and justice from God's perspective when, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a big leap a lot of times, you know? Well, I always try to start with the fact that uh, it is impossible for us to truly understand God because he's God. And we need to let God be God. And he makes all of the rules. He makes, uh, carries out his will. Uh, we can't, as as the creature, we can't sit in judgment on the creator. Yeah, uh, right. You know, and that's where we like to go. And so you say, why does God allow this to happen in, in this world? Why do bad things, why do bad things happen? Mm -hmm. Why did he let Cain uh, kill Abel? Um, and so we, we go down a slippery slope if we start to uh, sit in judgment over the God of the universe. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you look in, in the New Testament at Ananias and Sapphira, and they lied about an offering that they had brought, and, and they died. And you go, that seems a little harsh just for lying, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, the way the way we look at it, um, yeah, that's wrong, but it's it's not like you killed someone or you know, or 
sent someone off to be killed in battle like King David did. Um, so I just, uh, there's, it's, it's just, it, it's a tension, you know, we're invited to, to have the mind of Christ, but yet can we really know? And, and there's, there's, there's some tension there. I'm comfortable living in it, in, in that tension. And I think we have to be, um, and you know, when it comes to justice, that is an area that you have to learn to live in the tension between the things that you just can't fully understand. Let's jump to someone else uh, in Scripture. Um, I mean, I've, you, you hit several of them that are, are fascinating to me, but I'll, I'll let you pick. Who's another one that you find interesting to look at who is a, a criminal in the eyes of man, but maybe a little different in the eyes of God? Uh, I would say uh, Ehud, uh, the Judge Ehud, uh, who goes and uh, assassinates uh, the ruler of Moab, uh, King Eglon, <laughs> and uh, he's called by God to, uh, you know, Moab had been just irritating Israel uh, for years and years and years, and so Eglon is, uh, or um, Ehud is called to go and take care of this, and. Uh, find it fascinating that you know he's uh, he's left-handed uh, because it appears that his right hand was either or crippled or uh, something not quite right, but he was left-handed. And then he straps a, a sword, a dagger, probably about 16, 18 inches long, on his right thigh. And so, in preparing for for that episode, I took out a measuring stick and I, you know, kind of put it there. And I go, you know, if if I strapped a sword which doesn't bend uh, to my right thigh, I'm going to be walking with a limp. Mm-hmm. And so you just start thinking about, you know, why didn't the guards, when he comes to see uh, the king, why didn't the guards search him and find the uh, find the dagger? Uh, was it because he's limping around, looks like a weakling? Uh, was it because uh, they only checked out the left side where any right-handed guy would uh, strap his sword? So it, it just raised all sorts of uh, uh, questions and consideration. Um, and yet he goes in and he assassinates a, a, a king, and God uh, condones that. It's, um, it's what he wanted, because then Moab no longer afflicted the Israelites. That's... That can be tough to reconcile, too. I mean, thou shalt not kill is the way a lot of times we render the Ten Commandments. Others say commit murder to try to differentiate between however you want to look at it, war, wartime or, you know, a justified homicide, I guess you could say. Um, is, is, does that make any kind of commentary on morals and, you know, what's right and wrong? Well, I think it goes back to our previous conversation about God being God. God is the one who directed this. And uh, Moab, uh, he was going to uh, carry out his wrath against Moab for afflicting the Israelites, which he allowed Moab to afflict in the first place. Um, And so it's in the realm. We got to get out of our own brains and minds and logical thinking and say, this was God's this was God's doing and I submit to his will. Do you see any shift at all in the attitude towards crimes, whether condoned or punished, from the Old Testament to the New Testament? Is there any shift there at all? 
the probably the biggest shift that you see is with the coming of Jesus, because it's far, far more time spent on the grace and mercy uh, of God and what Jesus accomplished on that cross. And so that's the that's the main theme of the New Testament, and that he did this not just for the Jewish people, but for for all people. And so I think that's a that's a big factor. But but yet uh, you see the uh, the, the Herods, uh, both Herods committing crimes. You know, you see Judas Iscariot, um, which, by the way, someone asked me, why isn't Judas Iscariot in this book? Um, and uh, my answer to that is, is because he's probably the most well-known criminal in the Bible, and I wanted to cover 10 other ones. Yeah. Uh, so, well, and, and about, interestingly, to our point, though, would he be considered a criminal uh, under the law? And I don't mean the Old Testament law. I mean under the ruling law at the time. Well, it was still, uh, you know, the commandment about God protecting life uh, includes uh, suicide. So uh, well, but but as far as his actions towards Jesus, I mean, I don't I don't think they would have found him guilty of anything had he not taken his own life. His betrayal, I suppose, um, but the Jewish religious leaders didn't have a problem yeah, right, betraying. Right, so, the, the authorities. Well, yeah, the authorities didn't care that Ju- they were happy that Judas uh, betrayed yeah. him because yeah. they got got rid of him, so to speak. Right, which goes back to the, yeah, it's interesting the way we look at justice and the way God looks at justice, and they're not always the same. But Judas is not in your book. There are some in the New Testament who are in your book, and I think this is where it takes on a really hopeful tone uh, because, yes, there is forgiveness, uh, but also there's there's a whole ability for redemption and you know, some of those listed in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews were some not so great people, uh, but yet there's always that possibility that you can be regarded highly in God's eyes with uh, with a change. And I think uh, that Saul turned Paul is probably the uh, most incredible uh, example in the New New Testament where Saul is at the stoning of Stephen. He's given his stamp of approval, uh, suggesting that he had some standing in the in the Jewish uh, leadership. Um, and uh, he gives his approval for Stephen to be stoned. And then the next day, uh, persecution breaks out and Saul is playing a big role in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on his road to Damascus, uh, the Lord Jesus stops him and said, you know, what are you doing to me? And that as that just unfolds, Saul becomes Paul and becomes the greatest missionary of the New Testament. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of times, I mean, I know, I, I hear it all the time. I'm sure you do too in ministry. You know, people think, man, I've just done, I've made too many mistakes. I've done, outright done some wrong things I knew were wrong, or now that I realized how wrong they were, God, God didn't want to use me. That's not what we hear at all in Scripture. No, it's, it starts, it all goes back to the cross that I've been forgiven. I've been redeemed. Uh, God has called me. He's chosen me. He's gifted me. And uh, he wants us to use the gifts he's given to us uh, to, to live for him and to share uh, his name with other people. It's, and that's every, every Christian has that opportunity. Every Christian has that responsibility. Another one mentioned is, I don't think she's in your book, um, but Rahab 
is mentioned in Hebrews from the Old Testament. And, you know, there is no record of her repenting and turning her life around. And, you know, she just did one thing, an act of obedience to protect God's people. Uh, And she was a prostitute at the time, you know. And you look at that, I look at that anyway, and I go, man, I I guess for God to hold you in esteem that sometimes it's as simple as, as an act of obedience, you know, and not that you want to just do one act of obedience and then go back to your simple ways. That doesn't do you any good. But it just, we think of God usually as this wrathful, vengeful, waiting for us to make a mistake kind of God so he can, you know, take us out like Ananias and Sapphira, which did happen. But yet it just seems like the opposite is true. Like he's some he's a God who always is, looking for a reason to accept us rather than reject us almost, you know? Do you see that pattern when you look at the criminals? Uh, yes, and I just would go back to the fact that when I grew up, uh, I thought of God as the angry judge. Mm. And what I see that's really hopeful and encouraging is, is that uh, in the church today, there is more emphasis on the love of God, his patience, his mercy, he, he wants to call us back to repentance. Uh, he, it, it is, at least that's my experience, is that it's a far more uh, hopeful situation for the, the Christians. And we see that of those who had a relationship with him, who were criminals in the Bible, that God demonstrated that mercy hmm. and patience and called called them back. Yeah. Whether you're talking about, uh, you know, Saul or um, any of the other ones. There is someone in your book that I want to ask you about. I was just reading this uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it just came up in conversation, and I was like, yeah, what was going on with that? You you relate uh, the story of Jael. Is that how you say it? Uh, Jael. Jael. Tell that story real quick for people that are like, ah, it rings a bell, or maybe they just never heard it, because that's one of the more shocking stories in the Bible. Yeah, you've got uh, uh, Deborah uh, is the judge and a prophet at that time. And uh, you've got Sisera, who is being a thorn in the flesh to the, to the Israelites. And um, the general uh, for, for Israel, uh, Barak, uh, is reluctant to go and do battle with Sisera. And so he says, though, he says, you know, uh, Deborah, if you go with me, uh, I'll, I'll go and do this. Um, which is an interesting dynamic too about what was all going, what mm. was going on there. Mm. Uh, but anyway, because he did not willingly go in the first place, Deborah said, "You're not going to get the credit for this battle." And so uh, the Lord actually is the one who routes Sisera and his army, and he's fleeing, mm. and he comes to this house that where he had a previous relationship; they were on good terms. Uh, with um, uh, Jael in this in this house, uh, really with her husband, mm-hmm. and uh, she invites him in, uh, gives him some uh, warm milk, says, you know, just lay lay down here and you know rest for a while. I'll protect you, and if you took somebody into your tent, it was your responsibility to defend that person. Uh, instead, she took a sledgehammer and a uh, tent spike and drove it through his temple while he was sleeping. 
<laughs> while he was sleeping. And uh, that was, uh, and, and she got the credit and we all know about it. Uh, and then Deborah, after that, had a, a beautiful song. Uh, it's worth reading uh, just about the victory that God gave uh, to the Israelites uh, to defeat Sisera. <laughs> so again, rated R movie right there. <laughs> but, but what do you, what do you think, what do you think we get out of that? Is it, well, yeah, I could guess, but what do you, what do you see in that story? To me, a lot of these stories circle back to, do you trust God in what he's telling you or not? Hmm. You believe that he's going to be there for you. Uh, uh, Barak wasn't, wasn't there. Deborah was. Um, and so it, it starts with, do you take God seriously? What's, what's your trust level uh, with him? And you, you, see that, um, you see that in other people throughout the Bible, too, is that those who put their trust in God uh, find his, his blessing. Um, it's, I don't know, I'll, just, I'll, I'll, leave, it, I'll leave it at that. Um, That's a better lesson than the one I took, uh, because I thought, um, if you don't think God can use a woman, just read the story of Jael. <laughs> he used a lot of women in the, uh, in the Bible. I mean, he used Deb- Deborah. She's the center of the story here. So. <laughs> right. No, that was a joke, people. So, no, sorry. Um, all right. This, this is just, to me, it's just interesting. And what I, one thing I do appreciate about you taking on these topics and, and writing the book, doing the podcast, is that it creates an interest uh, in Scripture, I think, a lot of times amongst people who think they know what it says, but have no idea. Uh, and it, the Bible is gritty at times, you know, shocking at times. Uh, but that's, that's, I think, how God will relate to us or get our attention or teach us the hard lessons or give us the strong warnings so uh, I love it. What do you at the end of the day with, with the podcasts? Which, by the way, I think you alluded to it. Yeah, you did. They started as a podcast. So you can go timeofgrace.org and you can hear the the podcasts if you prefer to listen uh, to hear these stories and see what Doctor Becker's takeaway is from them. Or you can pick up the book. It's available wherever you get books. But at the end of the day, what do you hope people walk away with? Whenever I start with an episode of a podcast or I sit down to write a chapter of the book, um, it's always, I I want people to learn something that they never knew before, both in uh, content, but also in the why. Why did this this happen? So I never uh, do a a podcast episode unless I have learned multiple things new. Hmm. And, you know, I've been out of seminary for I'm not even going to tell you how long. Uh, but uh, I, I, I just keep looking and digging and going, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And if I don't know that, uh, then perhaps uh, many of the readers and listeners uh, are going to learn something new as well. But um, the end result is, is that to a closer relationship with our God and to let God be God and let's us serve him. Yeah, and sometimes step into the mystery and make you ponder things like justice and mercy and love. Uh, very good. A lot of fun. You can check out uh, the podcasts uh, at timeofgrace.org, the podcast page, Bible Threads with Dr. Bruce Becker. Looks just like that. You can see the episodes in season six there, and there's more to come, so you, you can jump into that one pretty quick. Uh, and then Time of Grace homepage looks like well, this one here. Yeah. 
It changed since I yeah, timeofgrace.org. I, I can't read my own screen over there, but um, good resources, good study, good place to go. Highly recommend it. Dr. Becker, thank you for being with us. I appreciate you today. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you guys for hanging out, for listening to uh, our true. This is probably the only true crimes podcast I ever do. So I hope you guys enjoyed that and come back. The book is available now wherever you get books. True Crimes of the Bible by Dr. Bruce Becker. If you haven't liked or followed or subscribed, do that. And uh, we've got more for you. Got a good lineup this week. So look forward to seeing you next time here on Life Today Live.